Welcome to the Lead Defend Podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts. Hey, welcome to Lead Defend Podcast. We're here with Sam Beerig. It's Brock and I, and we are ready to go. Sam, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, man. Uh, so I work here at uh, Midwestern in Kansas City uh, in the undergrad area. Um, so I'm dean of the college and, and vice president for undergraduate studies. And uh, so that just is long term or short short term for um, just overseeing anything that has to do with undergrad. So college. That's students. quite a fancy title. Yeah, but what yeah. do you actually do? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's hard. Uh, so kind of anything to do with curriculum, anything to do with athletics, um, bringing on new programs, sure. syllabi, hiring professors, those sorts of things. Just It's kind of anything and everything. I do teach, teach hermeneutics and, and uh, biblical theology. Those sorts and of we're things. actually here recording at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in the Spurgeon Library. Yeah, yeah. So tell, yeah. Who, who was Spurgeon? Charles Spurgeon um, was a preacher in the 1800s in, in England and London. And um, he's kind of, yeah, our namesake and very much someone who modeled faithfulness and ministry um, and just focused on the right things, cared for people. Uh, God blessed his ministry extraordinarily, so we're not assuming that that's necessarily um, something that's going to happen to everybody, everybody, but just in the sense of he is a notable character that, that we all kind of look to uh, of just what it looks like to be faithful in ministry and, and to go the long run. Um, he went all the way till to his death, which was, was early. He kind of ministered yeah. himself into the ground, actually. Um, so some things to learn there. But uh, but in general, like we, we really are thankful for him as, as yeah. just someone who was extremely productive in the kingdom. And uh, we, we looked at that. So you talked about everything you do here at Spurgeon yep. College and at the seminary, Midwestern. Uh, obviously, a significant portion of leadership falls on your shoulders, yep. whether you asked for it or it was just sure. given to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the earliest time where you found leadership in your life? Yeah, it is an interesting question. It's not something that, um, similar to like preaching, I don't know about you guys, but it wasn't something I conceived of myself as doing. Sure. Like even in high school, it wasn't a category in my mind. I'm like, I'm going to be a, a pastor. Um, similar to, to leadership is something I more backed my way into. It wasn't um, expected uh, per se. So, um the question, I think the first place I can mark it to actually would be in probably Arkadelphia, Arkansas. I was a student at Washtenaw. Um, oh. And uh, we had, I was an intern at First Baptist Arkadelphia and um, worked with a group of junior high boys and we called it man school. That's what we <laughs> called it. And uh, we just studied the Bible together. And that's like, I mean, in the question, that's the first place I can note that too. Yeah. Like, hey, this is some level of leadership that I had a level of authority with these guys. So were you in college at the point? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, you could say maybe some, I was like a camp, uh, camp um, counselor, counselor, that sort of thing. So lives were, you know, in, in, in my hands in that sense. But it is interesting. Something about that, that man school, uh, group of just like that was the mixture of Bible and leadership that sticks out to me the most. Yeah, as a middle so. school pastor, I love it. We're always looking for, for people pouring those kids, those yeah. kind of people, yeah. as crazy yeah. as they are. Yeah. So so after that, you're, you know, you're, you're leading there in that role uh, in college. Where does your leadership take you next? Yeah. Uh, I, I probably earlier than should have uh, became a youth pastor pretty quickly thereafter. I was at just, I was 21, um, and it was a fairly large church. It was kind of interesting setting. Um, 
and not something I necessarily went looking for, but learned a lot. I was 21. Uh, I joke with folks a lot that I kind of preach like salvation by purity, like that was what I knew. And so it was uh, talked a lot about dating and, and those sorts of things. And, um, and so, yeah, that was, that was in Hot Springs as well at a church there. And, um, and from there became a youth pastor full-time. Um, and those were, that was kind of off to the races in that sense. So you said you became an, a youth pastor earlier than you should. <clears throat> yeah. Anything that you can think back on and you would say, hey, student pastor, don't do that. It's probably not what you're looking for, but the, the immediate thing that comes to mind was, I mean, this is actually going to be more sobering, actually, is uh, I was driving our group to a World Changers trip in Tulsa, I think, and um, I think we were two or three vans, and uh, classic, um, and, I'm, and I'm leading the way, driving, and I, I started getting, like, sleepy, and I remember um, drifting a little bit in the, in the car, and this guy's coming up on the highway, and he honks really Ooh. hard at me. And I, I probably still had two or three hours to go, and that shook me so bad. Like, I just remember thinking, I could have killed everybody, wow. you know. Um, and it was just a sobering thing, like, early on. Of, like, mm -hmm. people depend on you. You're basically a child, and these parents trusted you yeah. to send their kids all the way to another state. And, uh, and you, more or less, treated that carelessly, you know. And so... Anyway, I mean, that was, that really has always stuck out to me. Like, I mean, that, that was, I could have killed me and everybody in that moment. And, uh, and what would the story have been at that point, those sorts of things. So anyway, that's maybe one that really sticks out of just like a quick. I mean, so you just give an example of taking yeah. responsibility yeah. and really leadership. Yep. Uh, it's interesting, I think, you talk about your time at Washtenaw, that yep. somebody gave you the opportunity to lead yep. in that, that yep. sense. So how would you say that someone noticed leadership in you and, called yeah. that out in you yeah maybe sadly this is not what you're again not what you're probably looking for I think we look at skills sure. normally or gifting we talk in the in the church um, and we want to throw you know fodder on that we want to feed that flame and let it grow um, and that's not always a good recipe yeah um, so that would be how I mean I think for me Mallory and I, this is my wife, we joke, have joked a good bit about, um, I think my perspective was the cooler you are, the better you are, the funnier you are, the more gregarious you are, the more people will be drawn to Christ. Kind of the reverse yeah. of uh, John 3 of like, if I be lifted up, then people will come to Christ. And it's like, yeah. that's not actually ministry at all. And so much of early leadership was deconstructing that in many ways sure. of just realizing, wait, so that was really pre-social media in the way that we know it now but it yeah. was like the more likes you can get the more people that love you um, it was just approval based and so that was what I found people quickly giving leadership yeah. medals to and it wasn't typically based on um, you know character or uh, attributes so or you say that so I guess the next question is you're around leaders or developing leaders sure. all the time so yeah. what do you currently look for in a leader yeah yeah, I mean, it's what you what what we were just talking about. I I had tried to distinguish between skills and attributes. Yeah. So if you have someone, I mean, you could take uh, like a combat scenario, just to use maybe a, a neutral um, metaphor for everyone. You've got someone who could be the the baddest like sharp suit shooter of all time. If he gets under severe pressure, or say he's injured, um, he's even potentially got multiple people injured with him, and he's under a great amount of stress his skills in many ways get nullified. 
Um, uh, so what do you do when your skills are nullified? It's your attributes that rise. So if this person is courageous, you know, under fire, if they are particularly convictional, um, that that's going to override whatever fear uh, that they're going to have of not being able to operate with their skills or whatever that may be. And so they just, they live a little more in that attribute scenario instead of just skills. But we tend to only see skills. We, we, that's what's obvious and, and, and easily findable. So. You know, this isn't really on our, our set of notes, yeah. uh, but, you know, thinking about this this kind of dichotomy of skills and attributes, and, yeah. and ideally you have both, but a lot of times we only look towards skills. Do you think, you know, we live in a day that we see a lot of people burning out, a lot sure. of people falling. Do you oh, think yeah. some of that is because we, we prioritize maybe charisma or competency yeah. over character? Oh, I mean, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So even, I mean, I'm very thankful for this podcast, sure. right? But what's the what's the hope is multiple people will listen and then other people will listen. And, and we're inherently driven as Americans um, towards results and, you know, quote unquote success and those sorts of things. And that's well, right now we only know that my mom listens. That's correct. Right, so right, right. Exactly. No, yeah, and truly, like no, no, no trashing or bagging on like sure. the podcast. It's more. It is a good question, though. You know, like what what are we looking for in a leader? Um, is it is it charisma? Is it splash? Um, that this person is going to be some sort of a firecracker that everyone can look at? Yeah. Um, or is it that this person actually, when no one's watching, <clears throat> that they're they've been quietly faithful? Uh, they have the roots and the grounding, the foundation to sustain whatever comes their way, whether that's um, lack of success or criticism, that they'll stand by their guns that are biblical, hopefully, and that they can remain there. Is, is the, that's so, what's long. So maybe the question is, of course you can grow in skills, but how do you grow in those attributes? Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it goes back to pressure, I think, you know, you've got to put people in, in simulation and or realities that uh, will allow them to expand that stuff. So, um, you know, put them in situations where they're contained environments, but they can manage uh, and they can fail um, in ways that, that will actually give them the ability to move to a next level of responsibility. I mean, you used yeah. the word earlier. That's what it is all about. I mean, it's, mm. it's about managing responsibility um, and you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna speak somewhere, which is something I, I think about this a lot. If I'm speaking somewhere, there's a thousand things that I've got to do that that person who's asked me to come depends on me doing. Yeah. But they don't even know what I'm up against. It's a flight. It's sure. a you know months out. You're getting you know making sure your budget works and all these. I mean all these different things. That's yep. just responsibility. Um, and so it's day in day out managing responsibilities and caring for the things that the Lord's put in your repertoire so and then. Yeah. So when you think about younger folks growing in leadership, yeah. what are some of the pitfalls or things that you would warn them against that they need to be wary of Man. as they develop in leadership? Uh, this is cliche, but it's because it's true. It is it is pride. So yeah. I think we need to move beyond just saying, oh, well, it's pride. Um, I think it is being, judging yourself at the, at the likes level, um, at the social media level, those sorts of things versus... Um, what is my record in heaven? Like, how does the yeah. Lord look at my faithfulness? There's a story, I'm going to miss the, uh, the exact text, but it's in, in, in Numbers 20s area where um, Moses, he, he cracks the rock, right? And water comes flowing out, and the people are just going nuts. They're screaming. He's provided for them. Seems like a success. He seems like a success. I mean, he's done everything that the people want. 
but God uh, is is angry with him. And yeah. this is the point where of departure where he doesn't he doesn't enter the um, the promised land. And that's just that's always rung in my ears of wow. I don't want to be loved and liked and and cherished by everyone around me, but in the one court that matters to not. Yeah. Um, and so that that's the pitfall like if you're if you're structured all around everyone screaming when the water bursts you know and that this is a great thing then then you're actually looking at the wrong place so that pride sense of if you're puffed up um because of how others view you but you're not judging yourself at what the text says over and over and over again is faithfulness um which often i mean jeremiah for instance right i mean he's his whole ministry is a complete failure in that in that mm-hmm. sense, but he's not failing with the Lord. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like, hey, Brock, we're going to call you to actually destroy this church. It's going to run it right into the ground. It's going to be great. Um, <clears throat> and that no one wants that. In fact, yeah. everyone will hate you for that. But if that's what wow. the Lord had called you to do, then the pride would be the opposite of that. It would be yeah. like, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to put this thing in the ground. You well, know? and that's what they so, John the Baptist, his disciples yeah. are like, everyone's going to this guy. That's right. And John says, exactly. Yeah. He must increase, yeah. I must decrease. I mean, you imagine his moment is, okay, my, my the sun is actually going down on my ministry. Wow. And it's not coming back up. Yeah. And, and my whole role is to just let it go. Yeah. And a young guy still. It's right. not like he's yeah. advanced in age. Right. Yes. And, and so speaking of that, the thought of ambition and ambition can be a really good thing right. but it can also yeah. be a wholly unhelpful thing yeah so how do you balance really good ambition yeah. and really unhealthy ambition almost so i have a <clears throat> weekly staff meeting multiple meetings but like all my directors uh everybody on monday for for an hour and this is almost always the conversation of like wh- there's a there's a thin line in, <clears throat> in many ways between you having godly ambition and like losing your soul, pursuing that ambition, right? Yeah, wow. um, of like here, we are pursuing growth. We want to see um, more students come. Uh, so if that's all it is, what's the difference in us and Amazon and Apple or whatever? Sure. Just like more, more, more. To me, the goal is I'm trying to stay as tethered to the Bible as possible. Like what is God comprising his kingdom of? Um, what does he value in his kingdom? When you look at the attributes of, um, the, you know, the lowly and in, in, uh, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, what, how does my team look like that? How are we pursuing those things? Um, and th- they hear this consistently. What will outlast this world? How can we invest? How can we know that we're not Amazon or whatever is we want to invest in eternal things? And that's souls and scripture. Um, so I... We're bringing students here to study the scriptures, to be expert in, in scripture more so than they would be anywhere else is our yep. hope. Um, we want them also to, be, also to be experts in souls. And so if you can triangulate from those two realities, whether you're Spurgeon College, whether you're a youth pastor, uh, whether you're a student, if you can go, all right, I'm going to line my whole life up to invest in those two things because they will outlast this world, this realm. Um, then I think you can know that your ambition's on the right course. Um, and and you may be Jeremiah, you may not be. Yeah. But either way, you know you're pursuing. So in some ways, it's defining the right win. Right. Like defining what success really is. And and so oftentimes we have a wrong view of success and leadership. Yeah. Uh, Sam, you have the privilege of leading not only a college but a whole host of things. You were leading for recruitment for a while, but also you're not the only leader on campus. Yeah. So how do you lead in a field of other leaders? Yeah. Yeah, um, man, it's a great question. Uh, I think the biggest thing is to know the order of command sure. um, and then know what is moral and what isn't. And if you can 
like I, I happily, like the, the amazing thing about Dr. Deucing here, my direct boss, who's the provost, and then Dr. Allen, just above him, who's the president, is the closer, normally it's the opposite of this, but the closer I've gotten to both of those men, the more godly they've become. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can, in leadership with other leaders, if you're leading alongside other leaders, if you can look to the people directly above you or to the side of you and you can go, um, these are godly people and I'm often going to be told to do something that creatively speaking, I don't think we should do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my goal is actually to, to get in line and, and order that up and just roll with it because I'm not, I don't see everything that they see. Yeah. Um, just the same as the guys and gals that I lead I often ask them to do things that they're like, well, that's probably not exactly what I would do. And I'm like, well, that's okay. I'm not doing that pridefully. I am asking you, though. I may see something you don't see. Yeah. And so this is, I've heard you out. Let's listen to it. But then we're probably going to go ahead and roll this way. And then often, though, I go with what they say because they see something that I see. So I think it works that way. you got to be humble, um, killing pride. But then also, if, if, if you can't manage walking uh under the leadership of somebody that, mm-hmm. that you know that you trust, then then you need to get out. Probably, I yeah, mean, you're yeah. just gonna mess stuff up if you don't. You know, we have a lot of young leaders listening to the podcast. Very often, young leaders aren't the ones at the top of the, yeah. the hierarchy, top of the chain. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I got to serve with you when you yeah. were over the student leadership team. Yeah, some of the worst so, years of my life. Bro. Wow. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, I'm kidding. So, so my question to you is: is for those young leaders listening? Who, who aren't in the lead chair. Yeah. So, and you kind of talked about that a little bit. You're yeah. looking up and how you're following, but as you have other people who are under you, so not just above you or beside you, but under you, you know, how can people lead from that maybe submissive role well? So, yeah. you know, titles like leading from the second chair, right. how to lead when you're not in charge. What advice would you give to those people who are maybe going into corporations or leadership roles where, where they're going to be taking orders and still trying to lead more than yeah. just taking the bull by the horns themselves. So you're saying the person who would be answering to me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I think um, the biggest thing is you need to present yourself honorably, present yourself in ways that are channels that are clear and communicated. So I have, so I'll use Dr. Deucing in in my case to example for someone under me. Um, I have a weekly meeting with him that I will gather up things and I work all week to present at that particular time. I'm actually trying to honor the way that he wants me to even bring up things, right? Yeah. And so uh, I typically present things of like, this is what I understand. I've done the research on it. There's three different options. This is my preferred option, but what do you think, you know? Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't presume or try to strong arm in any way. I, I don't, he's, he's not proven himself and then I've tried to prove myself to not need mm. that. I don't, I don't, um, I'm happy and often proven wrong that he knows something I don't know. So I'm like, oh, okay, wow, that's awesome. Like, I'm trying to learn something here. Yeah. And so I try to humbly come under that leadership. Um, and that's how I would say, it's like, don't, don't try to blow people up. They're obviously going to disagree with you. Um, that's what it means to like be a boss most fundamentally, right? They're going to sure. do the things that they see. So assume that, don't be prideful in it and just try to fall in line with their leadership until you can't, till they prove otherwise. Mm. Um, then you need to be kind, gracious uh, as, as best you can and, and try to find some other place where you can humbly submit or you yourself are, are leading. Yeah, so. so it sounds like you're saying, young leaders, you probably don't know as much as you think yeah. that you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it'd be yeah. better that you figure that out sooner rather yeah. than later. I, I yeah. find it interesting, Sam, that you, you continually mention, I may just not have access to all the information right. that they have access yeah. to. Yeah. And so sometimes as younger leaders or leaders 
further down the food chain, yeah. you're literally leading blind and you've been asked to carry out a task that is important in the grand picture, but right. you don't know how it always fits. Right. Um, could you talk about contentedness in those situations? Yeah. Yeah, because you don't always understand yeah. how you play a bigger role. Or sure. you might not have a lead in the case that you have where, where you can see them as a, a more godly person. Yeah, and, that's and so leading in yeah. that situation as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think contentedness and, and even like if you're struggling under, chafing under some level of leadership, you know, I, just, I just don't think Did I agree Did you say with chafing? This. Chafing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Six Flags, armpits. Anyway. <laughs> you just got off the wet, wet ride. That's right, that's jeans. right, that's right, yes, oh, there we terrible are. terrible decision. So, um, yeah, if you're struggling underneath that, the best thing I know, uh, it's, a, it's a, a Bible juke for sure, um, but it's real, is if you're, yeah, if you're looking for heaven on earth, you're never going to, wow. you won't be content in those things. Yeah. But if you're happy to actually see, uh, you know, analogy here, like a good boat go by because your boss told you to stand by, uh, your lead, whoever that is, and you're looking to a, a heaven, you're looking to a yeah. resurrected body, the new heavens and new earth, then you can be content in that, you know. But it does mean that your your life's eye has to be set far beyond what you're currently enduring or seeing, and it typically will right size um, how big a deal that is, you know. Like I, I tend to to have, if, if to keep the analogy, if a if a ship goes by and go, okay, that's fine. Like I I even trust like just letting that go. And I don't understand everything. Yeah. Like I don't see all things, but. I'm happy and content to actually work in the work that I've got. Mm. So, but man, how how helpful is that? Even if you, if your eye is on something else other than here and now, how helpful is that to guard you from pride when yep. things are going really really yeah. well, yeah. but also like despair when things are going really really badly? Right. Yeah. I think maybe in closing, what are some things that are pitfalls or completely disqualify young leaders for a lifetime of leadership? That yeah. If they heard you say this now. Yeah. It could prevent a lot of harm and hardship down the road. Can I ask you to, to like tighten that down a little bit? So, just in the sure. sense, of, are you talking about in a church? Or a, you, a young leader, okay, not necessarily a ministry, okay. But what are some things that could wreck their leadership potential yeah. for the rest of their lives? Yeah, um, the biggest one would be this is a manifestation of pride. It's just an unwillingness or inability to listen. Yeah, and listen longer than you think you should and then to keep your mouth shut longer than you think you should mm. um so i regularly uh me and a pastor were recently talking about this i, I was in like a firestorm of a conversation at one point this is a couple of years ago and i just remember almost having like this out-of-body experience of like wow this is really happening right now like this is like mm -hmm. actually you know these are supposedly christians in the room completely act like insane wow. deal of just like so what's my goal in the middle of this like this is insanity what's happening right here i think i'm not being insane i'm, I'm kind of i'm quiet here um so i think i just need to like survive this reassess what what i think about it and then maybe address it tomorrow or in a week or whatever yeah. like recalibrate and move back around it and i i just use that as an example of like you you have to learn how to listen you know just like okay so i don't know what's happening right here don't know that i can fix anything um but it would not be helpful for me to enter into the tornado and just like start yeah. going as well um and that happens on smaller scales than that that's also sure. obviously extreme but listening to people and and don't don't say anything don't text don't send a message until you're solid on like i've got all the information um i, I regularly have people 
get frustrated with me that I haven't answered something quick enough. Mm -hmm. um, and it's typically not because I'm goofing off. That's not really my way. It's like I'm still waiting to assess and get more information before sure. I actually address something. And and that's mostly because I've learned yeah. earlier on like that that always did not help. Now, yeah. So being quick quick to listen but also slow to speak. Right. Slow to yep. become angry. Yeah, yep. we live in a world where it's easy to spout off right. quick and uninformed answers right. to or tweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really yeah. big problems. Right. Sam, there's a lot of students listening who yeah. are making decisions about where to go to college. Spurgeon College yeah. is an incredible choice. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Spurgeon College. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, so I love Spurgeon College, uh, and, and it's by God's grace. I've, I've been serving as a dean for, for about three years, and um, why do I love it? It's because we're about souls in Scripture. So um, when I recruit someone here, when I'm talking on this mic, I have zero problems going, like, you should come here um, because I know that we're going to line you up to understand the Bible better for the rest of your life and that we'll, you'll carry it on into eternity, and we're going to try to prepare you to be as be as as good of a minister as you possibly can be, whatever vocation that may be. You may be a CEO, you may be a pastor, you may be a stay-at-home mom, all incredible um, scenarios, and, and we're going to prepare you to be as good as possible to care for people in those situations. Yeah, and folks can find out more about Spurgeon College by going... SpurgeonCollege.com. Or there's um, an event coming up that happens yeah, every... January. Sure. Yeah, so it's called Ready... Ready Conference, um, and it's towards the end of, of January, and uh, uh, we don't have the date especially settled yet. But, but the great thing about that, Sam, is they can go to Ready Conference and then turn around the next month and come to Lead Defend. That's right. It's going to be great. That's what I hear. So, uh -huh, yes. It's going to be good stuff. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Sam, for yep. joining us today. Yeah, thank, thank you, man. Thank you for listening to Lead Defend, and we'll be back next time with more content. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend conference? Visit leaddefend.org.